Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Clancy Dubos, political editor and columnist for Gamut and WWL-TV political analyst. Clancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Newell. It's always great to be with you and your listeners. Thank you, sir. You've posted a couple of pieces on first the uh, special session, uh, then another piece about this uh, Louisiana National Guard deployment to the southern border. Let's start there. Um, Your thoughts? Um, I don't know if I posted something on the National Guard, but I certainly do have some thoughts about it. Uh, To put it as simply and as succinctly as I can, it's all show, no substance. And expand on that. Well, um, according to the information that, uh, that everybody that's out there, the public uh, the information that's available in, in, the, uh, in the public domain, they're not going to have authority. The, the National Guard troops are not going to have any authority to detain people. So why are they there? Just to look? I mean, come on, that's and it's going to cost Louisiana taxpayers probably millions of dollars that could be spent protecting us here. And if, you know, everybody's concerned about immigration, but the bigger problem in Louisiana is not migration of people who cross the U.S. border illegally. Our biggest immigration problem is the out migration of our young people. So why don't we focus on that? Because they're leaving to seek opportunity elsewhere because there's no, not enough or in some cases no opportunities for them here. Yeah. And that's a much more pressing problem to Louisiana. There was always this concern. You and I have talked about this before as to whether or not he would get us all wrapped up in these ideological travails across the country. Would you put this in that category? Oh, absolutely. Newell, you know this, and I'm sure most of, if not all of your listeners know it. Protecting the U.S. borders is a federal role. And to the extent that states have a role, the states that have international borders can supplement what the feds do. And people are always blaming whether it's Biden or Trump or Obama or Bush The president doesn't control that. Congress makes policy. And Congress hasn't passed a major immigration bill since Bill Clinton was president. So it's Congress that's not acting. 
if Congress would give the president authority, and then Biden doesn't do it, then blame him. And the same thing for Trump. But, I mean, Trump said he was going to build a wall. He built a little part of a wall. He also said he was going to get Mexico to pay for it. I'm still waiting for that check from Mexico. You know, so there's always a lot of talk, but not a whole lot of action. And and I think it's really hypocritical and disingenuous from any member of Congress or the Senate to blame the president, whether it's this president or one of the former presidents. The president doesn't make immigration policy. Congress does. And they had a chance. They had a bipartisan bill in the Senate, which the lead Republican negotiator and many, 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 all, all the independent, even some conservative think tanks, when they had the, the, the outlines of the bill, all said, this is good. You know, and the Democrats, to their credit, said, and I'm an independent, by the way. I'm not a Democrat, not a Republican. Been an independent for almost oh, for 14 years now. So uh, I'm not carrying anybody's water on this, but the Democrats wanted to send aid to Ukraine. The vast majority of American people want to send aid to Ukraine. But for some reason, the Republicans said, oh, we can't send any aid to Ukraine until we fix the border, which those two are apples and elephants. They're not even close. But the Democrats said, okay, let's let's negotiate. So they came up with a plan. And then Donald Trump said, no, don't do that. You know, and, and uh, what do you mean? Wait a minute. Donald Trump and others are all, especially Republicans, are saying we got to, you know, Biden's doing a bad job on the border. So they come up with a border fix that gives the Republicans basically everything they want. And then they, Donald Trump says, well, that, no, don't do that's, that. That's what not, happens? All the Republicans say, OK, yeah, we're not going to do this. Well, well that's I'm not sorry. that's not necessarily true. I mean, I, I, I've read just the uh, day, a day ago portions of the bill because they've been very reluctant to release the you know, the right. text of the bill, which is another game that Congress plays, and both sides is mm-hmm. guilty of playing that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the reality here, though, for me, is that uh, President Biden, uh, I understand what you're saying, that that, that policy is really sh- uh, to be crafted by the U.S. Congress. But he's passed over 500 executive orders on immigration alone, retreating from programs that were in the law that were being conducted, that were negotiated, that made it easier for people to cross the border. He can't have it both ways. And, so you're right about you that. You know, and when when the 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 author of the bill, uh, Kristen Cinema, who's an independent now, and that's why they asked her to author the bill, uh, working with Langford from the Republican Party, and I forgot who it was from the Democratic Party. Yeah, me on too. His, and and by his, the way, Cinema represents a border state, which represents is a border state. But she comes out and she says the the best thing about this bill is the increase of detention beds. Okay. Well, right now there's thirty four thousand. It goes up to fifty. No, thirty six thousand. It goes up <clears> to fifty. <throat> Fourteen thousand additional beds. That's about three and a half days worth of illegal crossings. On on the, on the average day. So mm-hmm. I mean, if that's the best of the bill. Uh, that's really well, not going to. Uh, yeah. Well, she's the author of yeah, the bill. If she does, I'm not a big fan of hers anyway because right, I think but, she kind of goes but, with the wind. But anyway, yeah. but the point I'm making is is that I don't I don't really give a hill of beans as to what Donald Trump believes about this bill. When I look at this bill and having served on a, a national homeland security uh, committee for the major county sheriffs and and immigration was the bailiwick of that committee. 
I, I don't see anything really positive in this bill that that is going to improve the situation at all. That bill could be, and I, I wrote a piece about it the other day, three sentences long. That's it. If you don't cross the border at a port of entry, you don't get any of the benefits of our immigration laws. Over. And we'll eliminate this 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 practice in between because I know they're not going to get the benefits. But if we continue to give them the benefit to cross in between the ports of entry, what's a disincentive? There is none. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right about that. I don't disagree with that. You know, there's absolutely problem, no disincentive, and and then that then you don't trigger the authority until there's uh, five thousand crossings. Well, he talks about wanting to shut yeah. the border down, meaning the president will shut it down. You have down, right. he has the authority and existing. Is not it. Oh, wait, let me say that five thousand illegal crossings or five thousand total crossings. Illegal, illegal crossings. Illegal. illegal crossings. Okay. You know, and and if if you if you really? want to if you want to shut the border down, he has the authority right now under existing immigration law to shut the border down. Well, they should shut the illegal border down. Is what yes. they should do. They shouldn't no, shut down absolutely. the legal border. No, that's no. It's, this is all about illegal. Okay, now, we have just spent 10 minutes talking about immigration, which is a hot topic, and it should be discussed. Why is this tied to aid to Ukraine? Uh, why, why is the Republican know, Party well, carrying uh, Vladimir Putin's water and, and, you know, starving Ukraine militarily helps who? Well, doesn't, doesn't do for immigration. why are any bills tied to one another that yeah. aren't even in the same subject matter field? Because we have about. a reluctance to go on a single issue bill because we want to provide cover that for those that are politically um, being challenged and they don't really want to express their absolute feelings on an issue. We ought to be voting up and down on Israel. We ought to be voting up and down on Ukraine, and we be, ought to be voting up and down on Taiwan. And it shouldn't be Absolutely. it shouldn't be You're linked right. to the southern border, and it shouldn't be no, linked to gas prices. It shouldn't be linked to LNG right. or anything else that's out right. there. Exactly. You know. Exactly. At all. I mean, no. You're and absolutely This is right. a game that that both of, of them uh, have yes. have played. You know, because everybody's trying to leverage the political topic of the day that's moving the polls one way or the other, right? I mean, right. you would agree, and I've heard you say this before, the most dangerous time in politics is the year leading up to the election. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, to me, the most dangerous time is, at least when Donald Trump was president, and I was right, was between the if he loses the time between the election and January twentieth, and look what happened. But anyway, but that that's a dangerous time too, if we have an irresponsible president. But uh, when you say we, I know you don't mean we. You mean you are quoting them. They, the, the members of Congress and the Senate, both parties, play this game of saying, "Well, we'll do this if you'll do that," right. which is in a way is not so bad. But if you make the deal, then live with it. You know. They hung out Senator Lunsford, I think, Lunsford, to be the negotiator, and, and he thought it was a good deal. He signed off on it as the lead negotiator, and then they just said, no, nah, maybe not. You know, okay, so we don't solve either problem. So then I, so Congress is not going to do anything about immigration and, and to prevail. Let's face it, what they want to do is they don't – the Republicans and the Democrats could be guilty of this when, when, when Trump was president. 
They don't want to solve the immigration problem because they want to use it as a cudgel against Joe Biden saying he hasn't done anything about immigration. Well, like you point out, maybe he has and maybe he hasn't. But it's clear that the Congress had a chance to enact some laws and do some do, enact a law and do something about it. It's not it's like anti it's like gun control laws or gun safety but, but, laws. It's but, not perfect, but it but there was it was a step. They don't even want to do that. You know, so it's, but it was it's no just, different. It was no different cudgel that that Joe Biden used against Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. By saying he was xenophobic, exactly. he was racist, he was this because he wanted right. to shut down the border. And what what ultimately happened and one of the reasons we're at the we've come full circle is that he under meaning Joe Biden underestimated the public's response to the issue. If you would have asked him a year ago, 18 months ago, or when he first took office would be a better uh point in time to start if immigration was going to turn out to be the issue that it is today he would have definitely said no because he actually thought he was on the right side of the issue he miscalculated where the public was ultimately going to be on this issue yes and to give you an example of and another shame of on a, him because here's a guy been in politics for 50 years oh, absolutely if you can't if you can't tell when the ground is shifting then shame on you no yeah. no no doubt about it but you know, one of the other things in this bill, I'm not sure that you're you're aware of this. They I haven't have, read the bill. So they they have social well they have social welfare pro- provisions in this bill. Yeah, I thought this was about border security. Yeah, I mean, or aid to Ukraine. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. This well, it's what you just talked about. They want to. I use the term watermelon it up or mushroom it up. You know, it just grows. It starts off as a lemon and it winds up being a watermelon. You know, and it's just ridiculous. And look, it's fine to have a grand bargain. And sometimes, you know, like the old thing about sausage, you know, government and making sausage. But it just gets to the point where the the, the mushrooming effect overtakes what the core issue is. If they really wanted to do an immigration and aid to Ukraine package and just make it at that, I would be okay with it if because. I don't know enough about immigration. I'll be honest with you. I know it's broken, and I know it needs to be better, and I know that it's been a, it's been a big issue since the 80s because we haven't had a, 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 an effective immigration policy since then under Republican and Democratic presidents. None of them have solved it. And you know, part of it is that a, a lot of other countries are really suffering, and people are really suffering, and we're a be- still a beacon of hope to the rest of the world, and they want to come here. Yeah. So in some sense, you know, that's, that's a compliment. But we still have to have effective immigration policies. We just can't say, all right, y'all come. And it's, like, it's not like having a, a crawfish boil in your back. Well, nobody can afford to have crawfish boils right now. But, you know, <laughs> shrimp it's boil. It's cheaper to eat for the fillets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway, having a party in your backyard, a barbecue, and inviting the neighborhood over, everybody just come, you know. We're not, that's not what immigration policy is about. Um, we do want to be welcoming, but we have to control our borders. But we also really need to give aid to Ukraine. There was, there was a, 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 an existential threat, not only to Europe, but to the entire world in Russia trying to take over Ukraine. If we don't stop Putin, this guy is, you know, I'm a student of history, as you know, and I always try to put things in context. I feel like we're living in Berlin, 1932, and it's a very dangerous time. That was a very dangerous time then. A lot of people said, oh, it's not that bad. Well, we'll you know, this guy didn't really mean it. Baloney. It's 
a very, very dangerous time for our country and for the entire world. And people need to wake up and pay attention to it. I'm not trying to be Cassandra. I'm saying we are living in a very dangerous time. Look at, well, you know, if, China. If for no other reason. Also not Taiwan and, and, and Putin's doing this in Ukraine. <laughs> If, if for no other reason we started that, we, we, we helped, we got involved in this, we need to finish the job. We need to help them finish yeah. the job. Plain yeah, and simple. We can't, do it halfway. we can't let this thing go on in perpetuity. I mean, it's not serving anyone, anyone well at the right now, right? I mean, and it, I and agree, it makes no sense. Let's come full well, circle back to this yeah. deployment of the National Guard because I did. Yeah. It was, inter- if, if it was interesting rest, to me. If they had arrest power, no, if they had arrest powers, I would say, well, then, then my question would be, how long are they going to be there? You know, if it's just because if they're only going to be there for like 60 or 90 days, what's the point? It's clearly political. It's political showboating. It's not really. And the fact that they don't have any authority to detain people, then what are they going to do? No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I and I don't understand and I hope. We're not going down the Washington model. Um, well, it you seems know, like it. No, no. I look. I agree, and and it's like this is fairly simple. If you want the public support, and it, and it's almost as if he's not even really the governor that is worried about the public support. I, I went to the border. I've determined that I need to send the National Guard down there. Uh, they're throwing around numbers that it may cost $3 million. We don't know. We don't know the scope of the mission. We don't know the duration. We don't know a whole lot of that because a lot of that is going to be decided by the Texas governor. But the fact of the matter is the previous week, you sent the message to all your department directors that they needed to cut. Yeah. You know, that we were going to be facing a functional deficit. Um, and, and, and that was going to be a problem, but yet all of a sudden we've got these dollars where we've underestimated the revenue in certain buckets and we can draw these $3 million from there. I said, well, that's funny. We would be willing to jump to that position for the benefit of Texas. Why didn't we jump to that position for the benefit of Louisianians when we're talking about cutting? Well, you and I, without breaking a sweat could make a list of 20 priorities in Louisiana where that $3 million and we could do it probably in, in less than 30 seconds. You know, I'll go first early childhood education, you know, just we could do it immediately. There's all kinds of stuff that we could spend that money on that would have an impact, a yeah. lasting impact. You mentioned, let me refer to something you said just a minute ago. You said the governor, governor Landry, in, in your view, and I agree with it, apparently doesn't really care what the public thinks about this and you're right but you know that which so the question then arises well why is he doing it well he's he's doing it for to please a different audience mm-hmm. he wants to elevate his national stature and you mentioned about the, are we going to relive the washington model i would say no what we're reliving is the bobby jindal model he's checking boxes to see if he can get something on the national stage. Maybe he wants to be Donald Trump's attorney general. Maybe he wants to be Donald Trump's running mate, you know, or something. It's like he's just going to kick Louisiana around. I know this is very early, but this is what I see coming. And I say I say this from a, from a perspective of a historian. I consider myself a historian. I studied, I studied at UNO under Stephen Ambrose and some other really great historians, and they taught me about this. You got to look at history if you want to see what's coming down the road, and I see Bobby Jindal with, with less less uh, brain power, 
and and look how disastrous it turned out for Jindal. No, absolutely. I mean, I mean, if Jeff Landry. Won, I'm not against Jeff Landry wanting to have a national ambition, but the best way to do that is to be the best governor in Louisiana history. It's not to go around make, doing all these checking all these boxes because everybody else is doing that, and everybody else comes from states that deliver more votes, and everybody else can bring something more to the ticket than he could, or maybe he just wants to be in the cabinet, you know, and be attorney general. Who knows? Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. Let's get to a break. We'll be right back. We're visiting with Clancy Dubose, political editor and columnist for Gamut and WWL-TV political analyst. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Clancy Dubose, political editor and columnist for Gambit and WWL-TV political analyst. Uh, Clancy, let's pivot to the first special session. I had uh, Senator Bill Cassidy on um, the show this morning where he criticized the um, vote to the closed primary system. 28 elected officials now will run under a closed primary system. And he says that the cost of that over a 10-year period of time will be about $135 million in election costs to the citizens of the state of Louisiana. Seems like another example of not really caring what the people thought and just playing this ideological warfare as closed primary systems being better for the Republican Party. Yeah, and I'm not so sure it's even going to be better for the Republican Party. It might but it's just going to make people angry. And I think over time, I think it's short-sighted because I think 
maybe for about five or ten years it'll benefit the Republican Party. But as more young people, young people are not into political parties. Um, you know, the independent, uh, no party independents are among the fastest growing uh, voter registration cohort in Louisiana and elsewhere. And young people in particular don't buy into either party. They, if they, if they register to vote at all, they're independents, and they just they don't want to play by those rules. And I think for the Republicans and led by Jeff Landry and and uh, uh, Lou Gerbich, who's the head of the Louisiana Republican Party, this is all about them. And it's it's just not a good system. Now they 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 didn't make it as bad as Landry proposed. You know, it doesn't apply to the legislature. It doesn't apply. Um, I don't. I, I'm trying to remember. Does it apply to the statewide offices? I don't think it does. I'm not sure, but it applies. I, I, I to, don't believe so. It, it doesn't apply it to DAs. To it doesn't apply to, to sheriffs. Sheriffs, local governments. It applies to Bessie and the Public Service Commission and to federal elections. And I believe that's and, it. And the state supreme court, I believe. Oh, and the state, oh, of course, the state supreme court, which is Jeff Landry's personal uh, a- animus toward the chief justice. Uh, uh, Chief Justice um, John Weimer. John Weimer, thank you. I'm reading his name the other day and I couldn't call it up. But anyway, uh, no, he's got a, you know, Weimer had the audacity just to exist and, and be an independent. He, he's actually a registered independent and and he's Chief Justice and he, he doesn't play politics. He's probably, and I, I clerked for the one of the former Chief Justices when I got out of law school, Pascal Caligara. So I know a little bit about how that Supreme Court operates. And Weimer is what you want in a judge. He's independent. He's, he's, he's dispassionate. He looks at it objectively. He applies the facts and the law. And that's not what Jeff Landry wants. And he tried to take him out in 2022 and failed uh, and by pulling a little fast one. And now there's something in the, in, the, in the call, item number 23 out of the 24 items in the call. And frankly, it's the only one, or maybe there's one other one that is really not related at all to crime. They trying to. Uh, I think there's going to be a little effort to try to fund or, or pass a bill or, or maybe even a proposed constitutional amendment to deal with settling a lawsuit that is filed against uh, the state uh, because of not having a second black district for the U.S. Supreme Court. You know, if we have two black districts out of six Congress members, the argument seems to be even stronger if they're having a second black district for the seven-member Supreme Court. But I'm not sure that, uh, by the way the call reads, it says, you know, legislate as regard to a potential settlement of this case. Well, it sounds like they're going to try to settle it to basically give, give the plaintiffs a second black district. But in the process, watch what they do with Weimer's district. You watch. There's going to be something in that bill, in that settlement or in that proposal to, do, to put it to the chief justice. And that's so petty. It is really, really petty. The governor's got enough problems on his plate. He doesn't need to use the powers of his office to settle political scores. It's just not what, not what people vote. That's not the reason. That's not, who he, that's not who he presented himself to be when he ran, and it's not who the voters voted for, and it's not what voters expect or even want. Well, it's just not good public policy, right? Because right. none of us individually are collectively the center of the universe. And the That's entity, right. the state of Louisiana, the court system, the, judi- the judiciary, is more important than any individual within it. I mean, it's just, what is your confidence level that, that the, the proposal 
that was adopted for the Supreme Court and the Congress is going to pass uh, court review? I'm not aware of a challenge to it. I suspect it, it would, I can't see an opening for it to be challenged, frankly, uh, because the, the and, and the legislature in basically dealing a defeat to the governor gave him a consolation prize, <clears throat> and they improved the bill just enough that I think it would pass muster because it said that they can't really be closed. They can have separate primaries, but that people who are no party independents can vote in either primary without having to change their registration. And they made it in the law so that the parties cannot change it. So the Republican State Central Committee cannot um, say, well, I know what the law says, but we're going to close our primary anyway. You have to let independents vote. And they also made it effective in 20. Uh, effective 2026. Yeah. So that gives time for it to be challenged, but it also gives time for it to be amended and made worse or possibly repealed. But the the really astonishing thing is that the polls are crystal clear. The voters of Louisiana don't just like, they love the system we have. They love it because anybody can vote for anybody. Now, like you said earlier about immigration, we, it only need, the bill only needs to be three sentences long. They, we don't need all this complicated stuff. Yeah. You know, the, in these elections, you've got to have separate. And, you know, and, and, and as part of his argument, the governor obviously believes that nobody has a memory in this state, but you and I do at least, and hopefully others. He said, well, we did this once before, and, and it was okay. No, it wasn't okay. People hated it so much it was a debacle. that after either one or two cycles, no more than two, maybe just one, the people were so upset that the legislature repealed it and went back to open primaries. So, yeah. so, know, so, let's, so uh, let's talk anyway. real quick about the redistricting itself. Uh, I got to imagine that the congressional redistricting plan will be challenged, right? Well, it has been, uh, as, you know, well the as, the, as well as the Supreme Court redistricting plan. If uh, they come up with one, yes. Uh, but they, they didn't pass that. Oh, so. that's right. They did not pass that. You're right. Yeah, You're right. they did not pass it. But what's happened is um, in the middle district of Louisiana, we're talking about federal courts. A federal judge in Baton Rouge is hearing two very important cases. One of them has moved along pretty far, which is the congressional redistricting plan. I'm curious if she, to see if she's going to accept that plan. The plaintiffs say they for it because they got what they wanted. They got a second district. But I think, there's, I think the challenge that was filed by some of Garrett uh, Graves' supporters in Baton Rouge, they filed it in the western district, so it's going to be heard up in North Louisiana, uh, is an interesting challenge because they say, and they focus on the second black district and say it's a racial gerrymander and it, it's not, you know, compact. They're going to lose on compactness because if you want to argue compactness, look at Julia Letlow's district. That's the least compact district that there is. And look at uh, uh, the speaker's district. Mike Johnson's district goes literally from the Ar- Arkansas to the Gulf of Mexico. That's crazy. Uh, I almost wish that the judge would say this plan is not good. I'm going to draw it. And she could draw literally a nonpartisan plan that would, you know, shake it up, but it would actually be more compact. The districts would make more sense. 
you could have a second black district. You do have to reach for it in some ways, but it's, it, it doesn't need to be like what it looks like now. It, it would be much more compact. But here again, the governor wanted to put the screws to one of his political enemies, so he got a plan done that puts it to Garrett Graves, an incumbent, who's pretty well respected up there. You know, he made Garrett made some wrong political moves. He endorsed Stephen Wagaspak in the governor's race, not Jeff Landry. And he didn't rally to Steve Scalise's cause in the speaker's race. And so it's payback time. I understand the politics of it. But again, as you say, is that really the best public policy? Yeah. Did the ju- did that same judge we're talking uh, Judge uh, Shelley, judge Shelley Dick, Dick, did she just come out yesterday or the day before saying that we were going to yes. have to revamp our state legislative districts as well? Yes. I mentioned that she has two very important cases. This is the second one. So she's got the congressional redistricting challenge, which is pretty far along because that one's already been up to the Court of Appeals, and even the Supreme Court said, draw the second district. Now, here's one. Based upon that, you would think that, and she did, She that there was a challenge to the state legislative districts for the same thing, not enough black representation. And that also landed on the desk uh, or in the courtroom of Judge Shelley Dick, and she has already, and she had a hearing, and she, she deemed it, or she declared it unconstitutional for basically all the same reasons that were articulated in her first ruling, which was not directly taken up, but enough enough substance of it was reviewed by the U.S. Supreme Court, and they said, she's right, go back and add the second district. Right. And so that's going to, you know, so that's going to put some pressure on the legislature. How are they going to do that now? What's, how are they going to, you know, which means they're going to have fewer Republicans, frankly. Yep. Because the way they draw the districts, they're either overwhelmingly white or overwhelmingly black, and she's going to say, no, you don't. You can't pack all the black people in, in a few districts, which keeps them at a lower number. And so you're going to have more people who are going to have a district like Congressman Troy Carter, whose district is only 51 percent black. So it's going to which is going to make Democrats and Republicans have to be a little more moderate. And it's about 50 that, miles I, long. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is which is one of the more compact districts, right. actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's scary. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us, Clancy. We run out Thank of time. You, it's always fun, man. Flew by. Uh, we'll get you back on soon. Uh, have a great Mardi Gras, my friend. You too. And to all your listeners. Clancy Dubose, political editor and columnist for Gambit and WWL-TV political analyst. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back, and we'll go to the talk lines. Paul, you're up. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sheriff. We greatly appreciate you uh, having uh, us on your show today. We want to talk about Mardi Gras. 
and specifically what? Oh, we talk about our traditions that we do. Uh, today we do neos and have some smothered okra and fried chicken. And then we go do endymion on the street. And then on Monday night, we ride in Orpheus. And for full transparency, folks, this is one of my group that's rubbing in that they're at Neo's <laughs> having lunch today while I'm sitting here working for the people, okay? <laughs> I, ca- I, I, fi- I finally caught on to what's happening there. They, they're sucking down the fried okra, and, and I'm sitting here talking to Coleman, my life coach, who says, once you start sprinting, Newell, just keep sprinting. Don't worry about the marathon any longer. <laughs> That's what I say, Sheriff. It's nothing but about the sprint. And by the way, we do have you a lunch plate. All righty. Well, I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> well, we have the door open waiting for you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'll kill you later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sheriff. Appreciate it. Okay. I'll kill you later. Oh man, let the let the fun begin, huh, Coleman. All right, folks, we're gonna check in with Scoot, and it's free for all Friday for Scoot. This was no filter Friday for us. It'll be free for all Friday. But before we get there, I really want to wish everybody a, a great time this weekend. Be safe, uh, be careful, exercise common sense. No sense in getting all crazy over anything. Everyone's just trying to get a have a good time. A lot of folks get goofy. Just understand it's a goofy moment. It'll pass and just move on, walk away, go have fun somewhere else. We'll be out there by Lucy's all weekend long, so come by and tell us hello. Uh, We hang out in that area. We have a good time. Looking forward to it. In fact, we'll probably be there within the hour, and we'll let this marathon start for for the rest of the weekend. That's right after I eat my fried okra. We'll be right back. See what Scoot has coming your way. All right, folks. Scoot's up next. It's free for all Friday. It's Mardi Gras weekend. Where are you going? What are your parade pet peeves? And who will win the Super Bowl? And what about the Swifty Bowl? Hang on for more with Scoot on the air. Weekday afternoons, 1 to 4 on WWL and the free Odyssey app. He will be coming your way in just a few seconds. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed today's show, folks. We had a great time. Please have a safe Mardi Gras. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.